Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Everything Imaginable. I am your host, Gary Cacciolillo. And before we get started, I want to thank everybody for listening and also thank the contributors to my show, who are executive producers Candace Sanderson, author of The Reluctant Messenger, and Ms. Aida, psychic and author of Hoodoo Cleansing Protection Magic, binaural production engineer Damien Keller, author of Sounds Good, Sounds Great, and monthly co-host Jared Murphy, author of It's Not Aliens, It's Worse, It's Us. And if you are interested in becoming a contributor to this show, go to my website, everythingimaginable2020.com, and you'll find everything you need there. And now, without further ado, it is an honor today to welcome Reverend Michael J.S. Carter, He is the author of The Metaphysics of Spiritual Healing, The Power of Affirmative Prayer, and Alien Scriptures, Extraterrestrials in the Holy Bible. And he is also well known for his segments on the TV show Ancient Aliens. Thank you for coming on today. Thank you, brother. I I guess I forgot to tell you that I, well, maybe I did. I have a new book that just came out on August 2nd. Oh. Did I not tell you that? Oh, my goodness. What did I miss? Oh, it's my fault. I should have got. It's called Initiation. It's uh, the spiritual transformation of the experiencer. It's like a handbook for people who've had experiences. So if you've had an experience, if you uh, a loved one or you know someone who has, it's on Amazon. It's on Barnes and Nobles and some select bookstores. And that's that's my that's my fault. Um, um I yeah, I had uh it just came out literally on oh, August awesome. 2nd. That yeah. Is fantastic. It was you know, great. It I was, was great, recently man. talking with uh Kathleen Martin about yes. her book yeah. about experiencers. Yes. Yes. So yeah, I I, I, I spoke to her like a week ago because she said she was gonna buy the book on um we, we, we spoke via a Facebook messenger. So, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's that's my new news. Uh, it's uh, I, I've written a book on UFOs in the Bible, you know, alien scriptures. I've written a book called God Con- uh, Consciousness, which is a 30-day meditation manual. I wrote a book called uh, A New World If You Can Take It, which is here, God, Extraterrestrials, and the Evolution of Human Consciousness. And the metaphysics of spiritual healing, and now this book just came out. That is great. I'm very happy, brother. Just you know, just to get it out, you yeah. know. And that's why I've been doing these shows, trying to, to push it a bit and get it out there. Uh huh. But but if I can't get it out there if I didn't tell people. So that's true. Forgive me. Yeah, forgive me. Forgive me for not. Uh, <laughs> I thought I mentioned it. That's all right. That's all right. So uh, what got you interested? into the in the spiritual side of uh, ufos and extraterrestrials great question well you know gary i'm uh it's kind of how i'm wired in the sense of like i have friends who are in, into the nuts and bolts you know propulsion systems uh-huh. and uh that kind of stuff um but i'm, I'm more interested in the spiritual aspect of of how these, you know, how things work. 
And so I was not into UFOs at all, brother. I was raised as a Baptist, uh, <laughs> you know, and I I was there hook, line, and sinker. And I want to be clear, it, it's, you know, it just didn't work for me anymore, but great deal of my life. I was raised, uh, I was in the Baptist church. And I remember I never watched Star Trek till about four years ago. Never. Uh, and this was even after my experiences, because I'm mm -hmm. glad I didn't, because I didn't want people to say, oh, man, you saw that on Star Trek. That didn't. <laughs> but, uh, um, and then when I had my experiences, and I was already moving away from uh, that kind of theology. I was reading existential philosophy. I was reading stuff on healing and seeing auras and, uh, you know, uh, uh, Eastern religion and philosophy. So I was already on that path. And, uh, after I had my, my first experience that I remembered as an adult, that was December 28, 1989, uh, the lid came off. I couldn't stop read. I had to read everything I could on UFOs, but it was from a religious perspective. And so it made me broaden my, I was already broadening my horizons. So what happened in 89? Woo. December 28, 1989. Uh, and, and, and we can get into stuff that happened when I was younger, oh, because yeah. now I can see it a little differently. What's mm -hmm. the Kierkegaard? Life has lived forward, but it's only understood backwards. <laughs> um, I went to uh, Cancun with my girlfriend at the time to see the pyramids at uh, Chichen Itza and Tulum. Right. And, of course, it was a fantastic trip. And, uh, you know, just how did these folk get all this information about astronomy and astrology? And that night when we got back, we were there 10 days. Uh, I, when we got off in JFK and got home, we lived on the Upper West Side of Manhattan at the time. I told my girlfriend that I had been invited to a party. I said, do you want to come? She said, no, I'm tired. It's cold. I'm staying home. You go. And it was cold. Uh, but I had been out. It was 85, 90 degrees. My hair had changed colors. I was real bronze. It was just beautiful. And I wanted to glow. So uh, it, the party was in Hell's Kitchen uh, down on 43rd Street between 9th and 10th, actually 10th and 11th. And there were no uh, adult beverages served at all. We had, uh, I, I love deviled eggs, so I probably had way <laughs> too much to And people were like, ooh, and ah, and tell us what happened. I went home. And to this day, I don't know whether I had to get up to go to the bathroom. I, I sleep on my stomach, really. Mm -hmm. And I don't know whether I just felt someone or something in the room. But when I turned around, there was a being at the foot of my bed, maybe four feet tall, maybe. Uh, my room was lit up. There was a blue, cobalt blue light, like like an R, around this individual. And then around that, it was this big white light. My whole room was lit up. And the being was chalk white. Can't say gray. Looked like a gray. Had the gray phenotype, big head, wraparound eyes. But it was not gray, at least not to me. And had on a jumpsuit, tight-fitting uh, tunic with, it looked like Reynolds wrap. 
uh, very spindly, you know, like his head was too big for his neck. Mm-hmm. I have been in scary situations. I have never been as terrified as that evening. Wow. My girlfriend did not move. I was, you know, how can you not move? She did not move. She did not budge. I pulled the covers up over my head and got into the fetal position. I mean, I thought my heart was going to come out of my chest. I hear this whoosh, whoosh, like, like it's windy or something. And I felt like I was outside. Now, this is at the Excelsior Hotel. It's still there. We were on the 15th floor at that time. Uh, 45 West 81st Street between Columbus and Central Park West, right across the street from the planter. This is in Upper West Side of Manhattan. I don't remember what time it was. It was the middle of the night. And when I pulled the covers down, nothing was there. I woke her up. I told her what happened. She didn't say, what are you, nuts? She just said, okay, okay, let's calm down. And what started to happen was every full and new moon, twice a month, for about eight months, almost a year, I got a visit. Usually, I would be paralyzed. Mm -hmm. I could open my eyes. Uh, There was very little talk. I don't know why. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why the video keeps cutting off. Um. Anyway, they showed me pictures in my here of uh, some events from the past, like a past life, uh-huh. an event in the future that actually happened. Nothing, you know, earth shattering, but they showed me an event, and I remember that event happening. It was me speaking in front of a large audience. Um, and I feared for my sanity. Uh, so I went to... Uh, I bought some books at a place called the Open Center. I bought all these books, and I, I remember going up to to pay for them. And this guy said, "Man, you don't look so good," because I wasn't sleeping. I I was afraid to turn the light. I, mean, I was a mess. Yeah. And uh, he looked at me and he said, "Is this a is this a hobby, or is this for real?" And I forget his name, but I'll never forget him. He was a man of color. He had dreadlocks, like maybe three or four, but his head was bald. Uh-huh. So they were just like coming out of his head. And I said, uh, it's for real. I felt like I was buying condoms for the first time. <laughs> I was so ashamed. I wouldn't even look at him. I was like, you know. And he gave me a card to the support group. And then I found Dr. G. I, I bought a book called Encounters by Dr. Edith Fiore, and in the back it had a whole list of mental health professionals. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, I, I picked Jane, uh, Jean Mundy. She had an office on uh, at that time on East 13th Street and one in Long Island. I lived in Manhattan, so I didn't step to Long Island. And she put me under hypnosis. And I still have some of her cassettes back there. And she helped me wrestle with that this was really happening. Now, years later... The late Bud Hopkins, who was a friend of mine, right. he uh, he regressed me. He was very good. They were both very good at what they did. And uh, Bud and I didn't see eye to eye on 
the mission of these people <laughs> because he dealt with a lot of folks who had uh, been probed and right. all that. And uh, so he had his own perspective. And I said, well, I don't, I didn't have all that, but I, I don't have the trauma. I mean, I was traumatized. I just didn't want them to paint everybody with the same brush that everybody's yeah. evil and bad. So I was more like on John Max side, the late John Mack. Mm -hmm. So that's when it started. But I have seen and I had seen various races had come to visit. And I don't know whether they went back and said, oh, you should check out his apartment or whatever. But I do know that I had. And this was this is uh, when I'm uh, when I'm awake. Right. You know, they touch me, that kind of thing. Don't be. So it wasn't like I was asleep or in a dream, which doesn't make it valid, not valid. Because I've had some dreams when they've been in. Mm -hmm. And that's how I got on this path, man. You're talking about a little Baptist child being raised. And now here I am. So what were some of the things that you, in retrospect, that you remember as a child that may have been encounters? Because I heard, had spoken with uh, Terry Lovelace. And he had a similar experience. Like it was after his adulthood abduction that he started remembering things from his childhood. Okay. This is, I remember from my childhood. I would wake up all the time with blood on my pillow. And I used to think as naive as it sounds, I was like, is my ear bleeding? Am I bleeding from my ear? And then I realized I was bleeding from my nose. Now, I don't know if there's a probe or what have you, but it was very strange because I don't have nosebleeds. And I had them for a little time as a child. But what I do remember is this. I, I would be in my bedroom by myself just staring at the walls. And there would be these orbs. They're like light beings. Right. They were different colors. Some of them looked like donuts. Like there'd be a little hole in one. Where, and they would just float around. And I would just watch them. Like this, these things of energy. Mm -hmm. They could have been energy beings. I don't know. They weren't anthropomorphic. But I always could see the aura of people. Always. It's like I came into the world with that. But I thought everybody could see that. And then when I started to, to get into prayer and meditation, I noticed that, especially in the summer. But if someone had a tan or they were a, a black, brown or red person, if I stared at them long enough, I could see the bone structure, their skeletal system, which was really weird. Um, and so those were the things that when I was coming up that, um, that make me think, were these beings always around me? Um, now, I've had psychics tell me that and what have you, mm -hmm. but um, it was just very, very interesting. Uh, I, and I've always been highly intuitive, or you could call it psychic. And when I started having these encounters, my hair and nails started growing really rapidly. My energy levels were off the charts. I still do get by with, yeah, I could get by with five, six hours sleep. And I always have. Now, it's nice to get more sleep, and uh -huh. occasionally I do, but I don't need that. And I've also um, 
I just feel I felt more intelligent. I can't explain it. But wow. what happened with me was also my heart felt more open. Mm-hmm. Uh, I started being able, you know, I, I started risking more being vulnerable. It was easier for me to, uh, to I felt wise. Like I, I didn't have to be right all the time. Um, I start, and I, and I, I started being more connected to nature. As you can tell, I have hay fever. And, and this is the worst time of year for me. So I do love nature, but it, it really aggravates me. But, but I, in, in the spring and summer, but I just felt more connected to everything around me. Now, did they scare me? Yeah. If they come tonight, they would scare me, but it wasn't so much. And had they done something to hurt me? One time they did. But I asked them to stop. I don't think it was intentional, but um, my life just got better. That's all I can tell you. And I said to myself, Michael, I, you know, what 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 scares you? What scares me is my doors are locked. Okay, I'm here by myself. I live alone. My girlfriend lives across town. And to wake up and have people around your bed. That gets your attention. Yeah. That's the shock value. But they've never hurt me. And when I had to talk myself, through, I mean, it took me almost 20 years, and I still don't do it all the time to turn my light out. Usually I wait till I'm this far from sleep, and then I turn it out, as <laughs> if keeping the light on right. will keep it coming. But, and then I, so I said to myself, where else in your life, Michael, do you let fear get in the way? Now, they didn't tell me that. But I said, these beings have not really hurt you. So you need to look at that fear. You need to look at that. Wow. So that's why I definitely one of the common denominators with uh, people who are contacted is the psychic ability. Um, yeah, yeah. It, it's It's... I was already doing meditation stuff. Meditation heightens that as well. It's just that everything when they came, it heightened. I started studying Reiki. And um, and every time they come, my energy is jolted. It's different. I, it's just a lot of energy. I mean, I don't go to sleep or I'm, I'm wired for, for several hours, sometimes days. Mm-hmm. A, a, a friend of mine, uh, who's been a healer probably almost as long as I've been alive. She came to me once. She had uh, a cane. And um, I, I gave her three Reiki treatments. And she no longer needed the cane. So you have healing ability. Yeah, yeah. Well, I had the Reiki, but they made it go off the chart. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's really I, big time Reiki there. Yeah, so, so I... A couple of weeks after that, she called me up and we were laughing and joking. And she said, well, you, you know, casually, you know, you know, you're, you're a really good liar. And I said, Rose, what are you talking about? She said, you know what I'm talking about. I said, Rose, come on. What's wrong? You, you know, you're doing OK now. What did I lie to you about? She said, you told me you did Reiki. She said, that's not Reiki. She said, I've been doing this for a long time. I, I can tell energies. She said, that's from your friends. That's from your friends. And I have a book written by Preston Dennett. 
I know Preston well. Yeah. Well, his first book, he put me in his second book because I had a healing from a, uh, and we can talk about that later. But, um, and at the, if you remember at the end of the book, UFO Healings, the first one, mm -hmm. uh, there was a guy who did what he called space rage. Do you remember that towards the end of the book? Yeah. And, and he said he didn't even touch. It was almost like, uh, tai Chi, he would do these things with his hands and he didn't touch the person. And he said he got it from his extraterrestrial friends. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's incredible. Um, so, so with all this happening, um, what made you decide that there was, that there was more of an extraterrestrial connection rather than a paranormal one? Well, I don't think they're that different. Me either. You know, um, listen, you know, we, we, we freak out and we kind of go crazy about seeing ships and people. And I get it because I do, too. You know, I haven't really seen a ship from the outside. Mm -hmm. But remember, they're beings who travel around. They don't even need ships. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely <laughs> they're beings that all they have to do is think they, they're so advanced. They don't even need a ship. So the universe is teeming with life. So yeah. when I was studying metaphysics and stuff, this was before I was having my encounters. Mm -hmm. So for me, this was just another phase of the journey. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, because there are people who may not have seen you. Have a, sometimes they see ghosts. Uh -huh. uh, sometimes they see uh, beings that don't have bodies. And there, there are some maybe ET people. And sometimes... Uh, you know, it's just, it's all connected. We, we separate it because it's easier to handle, right. to be intellectually lazy. But, uh, what's to say if a being comes in here and moves this glass over there, why is that not part of paranormal? That's mm -hmm. just not an ET phenomenon. Yeah. So I think they're very connected in a lot, a lot of ways. So I don't really separate them. Right. Me either. Me either. You know, like when I was younger, I had some paranormal experiences and became a paranormal investigator. And, yeah. Um, but I had never had any um, alien type of encounter. And it wasn't until very recently I was talking to Preston. And Preston's like, you know, why don't you go sit out in your backyard and just open your mind and see, call them and see if anything happens. And I did that a few times. And one day I was looking up in the sky, and I seen something moving, and I said, oh, well, maybe that's a satellite. And then it just stopped, and, sw and it switched directions and disappeared. Yeah. And I was like, wow, it worked. Like, there is obviously some type of connection with consciousness. Well, definitely, and that's, that's the word we're talking about. And I think that not only is it consciousness, because you're right, everything is consciousness, it's also about intentionality. Yes. You know, uh, uh, I have, uh, 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 I remember doing it at a conference uh, in 2019 in Tennessee. And uh, it was, I was on a panel and there was one woman who was very upset. She says, well, how come they come to you, but they don't come to me? And, you know, she was angry. And it was like, A, be careful what you ask for, but B, what's your intentionality? What, what do you want them for? Is it like an ego trip? Uh, what, you know, it's, it's like anything when you talk about consciousness. What's your intent? Yes. 
Is this is this for the greater good of all concern, or is it just for your ego? Absolutely, intention is everything. I used to go to a Buddhist meditation, oh. and and the teacher there, her name was Trime, and she always emphasized intent. Yes, it's the most important yes. thing a person could have. Yeah, it's what your what if if your intent is honorable. Um, and I'm not saying, you know, everybody who's going to go up and look in the sky, that's going to happen. But whether it's just your day to day interactions or how you manifest things in your life, it's all about your intention. Yes. And that's just the law. That's that's like uh, a basic law. It's like, you know, karma. It's like what you do to someone else. You reap what you sow. That's not personal. No. That's just the way the universe works. Right. And when you can follow the laws of the universe then your life becomes a little more open. You become more of a co-creator instead of a victim. Yeah, you there's, know. there's no benefit in being a victim. No. No. Yeah. Um, so so these extraterrestrials, do you, yes. how do you, how long, I mean, I mean, you've written a book about them in the Bible and things like that. How long do you think they've been influencing mankind? Since the since, since the beginning, since the very beginning, yeah, yeah, yeah. When when, when I had my first encounter, December twenty eighth, nineteen eighty nine. So some people would say nineteen eighty nine A.D. Some people would say nineteen eighty nine C.E. But if they were if they came to me in nineteen eighty nine, you know A.D. C.E. Call it what you will. Then they were probably visiting here nineteen eighty nine B.C.E. and even before. And so I think they've always been visiting. Yeah, I do too. Um, one of the actually last night I was watching a, an episode of Ancient Aliens. It was about Satan, and you know, in, in that episode, like they were mentioning, like the fallen angels from heaven, actually being extraterrestrials and coming yes. here to help give us knowledge and liberate us and kind of guide us in the right direction. That, that that it wasn't something satanic, it was actually something good. And maybe it was our resistance to that knowledge that, that, that really hampers our spiritual progress. Well, you know, I have to agree with you. I mean, I mean, uh, and, you know, it depends, you know, we look at the book of Enoch. And yes. he talks about, um, you know, he's the scribe of the gods and he talks about some Jay-Z and uh, uh, these other uh, uh, and, and maybe they did have that prime directive, you know, that you don't fraternize with the natives. You let people develop at their own pace. And they said, you know, whatever they said, they, they saw the ladies they carried. I mean, it's not the first time. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you know, it's it. But 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 I, I thought like you did. I mean, I, I read Enoch and I get what he's saying. And there's always the other way. They came in. Look at the things they taught. They taught astronomy. They taught us how to work with crystals. Mm -hmm. um, and they taught us how to use dyes and, and, and to work with, you know, like I said, uh, metallurgy. They taught us astronomy. And they taught how to use weapons. Yes. Now, was that wrong? Yes. In the sense of if, there's a, if there was a prime directive. However, there's also, if anything was wrong, it was probably that we weren't ready to have that knowledge. 
You know, a little knowledge is dangerous to some people. <laughs> you know, and so, I mean, it's just the way. It reminds me, I remember, and, and this may be off the beaten track, but I remember the gospel stories. And, you know, Judas gets the bad rap. I mean, he betrays Jesus and what have you. And I'm not saying that that's not true. I'm not saying that at all. But then I remember a friend of mine said, but Michael, if Judas didn't betray Jesus, he couldn't have accomplished his mission. Somebody had to do that. Yeah, someone had to be the bad guy. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not saying that Judas was conscious of that or whatever. I'm just saying that sometimes you have to look at things from more than one perspective Yes. to try to get a handle on it. That's all. I don't want to take anybody's faith away. I'm not trying to offend anybody. But I'm just saying... Um, you know, uh, Judas had his worldview. He sees Jesus. Man, you, 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 you know, you're a rock star. You can help us get Rome's foot off our neck. And he's thinking we may have to kick some butt to do it. And Jesus is saying, no, that's not the way it's going to work. And he could not see that. Yeah. yeah he could abs not absolutely see that. Uh, so, so I'm just saying this. There's different perspectives. And so with Enoch, well, you know, yes, I, there was a, you know, a prime directive, obviously, uh, you know, leave folk alone. And uh, they broke that. And, and, and there was a sexual aspect to it. And that's been going on ever since time. Right. Or maybe they were just told that so they were meant to break it, you know? I mean, just like, like with kids, you tell them not to do something, they're going to do it. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, they, with with Lucifer, I mean, Lucifer was he was the most beautiful angel. He was an angel of light, um, and uh, he, you know, he said, "Look, I'm, you want us to to bow down and to look after these are just human beings, man. These are just human beings." Mm -hmm. And uh, and you know, his ego got in the way, and he said, "I'm not listening to you," and he didn't, and. There were consequences to pay for that. Um, how, uh, one of the first stories in the Bible that I first started associating with extraterrestrials was um, Ezekiel's vision. Yes. Do you think that what they're describing in that uh, chapter oh, is no, oh. alien? No question, brother. And, and if you look at I don't. you probably remember Joseph Bloomridge. Joseph F. Bloomridge, you can get mm -hmm. his book, the, the Spaceships of Ezekiel. Yes. He was a retired NASA scientist, engineer. Yep. He took the metrics from what Ezekiel said he saw. Mm -hmm. It is patented or copyrighted or whatever. And he's, that's the spaceship that he said he pictured from what Ezekiel saw. And, you know, listen, if you're seeing these things in the sky, you know, now we call them UAPs or whatever, you call them what you want, yeah. but. Uh, if it, it's at least unidentified and it's flying. Mm -hmm. and every civilization has stories about it. You know, whether it's the Cherokee and the star people, or, well, you know, not just the Cherokee, obviously. Um, Buddha, in the, in the Buddhist philosophy, there's interdimensional beings, yes. and of course, the Vimanas in, uh, in, in the Hindu pantheon with the Mahabharata mm -hmm. and the Upanishads. And so, you know, they're all talking about at some at some point some folk came down and sometimes they were mischievous and they wanted to get laid or whatever. But 
they uh, they carried on, but they were trying to say, look, there's another way you could do this, man. I mean, you're ignorant. Mm -hmm. You're ignorant. I mean, they didn't say it that way. That's not how you win friends and influence people. But, you know, they were saying there's a better way. Here's some rules to live by. Just for now. Just for now. Here's some, we we'll give you a little some rules. See, and what and what 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 gets people crazy is because, uh -huh. and I get it, because what they start saying is, well, you're saying God is an astronaut. And I'm I've never said that. And there's no. two wonderful books by R. L. D. O. Does God drive a flying saucer? Mm -hmm. Uh classic. Uh and he is saying that. I'm not saying that. Uh, but what I am saying is that these beings, I mean, look, we get enamored with technology. And we're, we're in the 21st century. So imagine living 500 years ago. Imagine living 2,000 years ago. Imagine living 50,000 years, 100,000 And these beings come down, and they got the tablet. They got the cell phone. They may have a little phaser. You're a god. Yeah. You can touch me and... My little wound heals from where the snap, the, the saber tooth tiger almost took my arm off, and you said, "That's godlike." Yes, absolutely. Okay, it's at least magic. Mm -hmm. But it's it's, and so I believe that our ancestors were trying to tell us in the vernacular of their day, "Hey, these are gods, man." Yeah, and and, and they're serious, and I I don't you know what do I make of that? That's what I believe. You look at the angels. If you take the Bible and you say, <clears throat> everywhere you put the word angel, everywhere you see angel, you put E.T., it makes a whole lot of sense. Absolutely it does. And, and one of the things I wonder is, like, maybe, you know, we've misconstrued some things, and these E.T.s yeah. are, are trying to tell us, like, no, we're not God. But sometimes it seems like to me that they're trying to point to, again, to consciousness, like some pervading consciousness that is somehow manifesting all of this. That is God. Yes. that that, And sometimes they don't have time to explain that to you. Sometimes they got their mission and boom. You know, Mary, got to tell you, you found favor. Uh, you're going to have a son. It's going to be really, really important. Uh, you know, when he goes, when she goes, they don't even mention her name, Samson's mom. You know, you know, when, when, when even going to uh, Miriam, Mary's cousin, Elizabeth, who's her cousin, she had John the Baptist. You know what I mean? They don't have time to tell you. And, you know, you meet people at their map of the world. We don't have time to explain to you we're not God or whatever. This is what the, the Lord said. The Lord mm -hmm. could have been the commander of the ship. But this is what you're going to do. And they're, they're an awestruck. They're afraid. What are you going to do? You know, right. with that kind of power and stuff. So, um, I mean, never once did they tell me, come on, man. What do you, what do you think? God's a, a, a man up in the sky? What are you, crazy? They never said that. But they opened me up that I could start thinking. And I and I was already, I, I want to be clear, it wasn't like they married, oh, it was a magic wand. I had to do some footwork. Yes. But I had to open my consciousness. And, 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 you know, probably 
a lifetime ago, two lifetimes ago, I probably was very different than I am now. Probably not as enlightened, probably not, you know, because we live lifetimes and we're not all, you know, you get you get your wisdom and stuff from lifetime to lifetime. So you know what I mean. And so this is where I've evolved to. What it has made me do, and it's hard at times, but I have to be patient with other people. I have to be accepting of other people. You know, because I I was there at one time, and there are people more involved than me, and there are people more involved than that. So you know, because you, you got to keep your ego in check. Yeah. And all this could be wrong. Everything we're saying could be wrong. Could be. I just don't think it's wrong. Right. I'm open to it being right. Right. But if I meet somebody who says, no, I don't believe that, and Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and you must be crazy, I just say, okay, that's a perspective. I don't have to be right. Right. We could talk about something else now. Because <laughs> I'm too old to argue about it. You know what I mean? I'm right. too old to argue. But and that was one of the things. You meditate, meditation, mm -hmm. reading, praying, whatever tech, spiritual technologies you use. I got it that I don't have to be right. Now, people don't like that because some people like to argue and they get mad when you don't argue with them. But I just say, hey, if that's making you a better person and that's what you believe, don't force it on me. Right. But. Certainly, that's working for you. Yeah. I'll leave it at that. Yeah, that's exactly what I do, too. Yeah. Exactly the same thing. You know, and, and, and well, I like the way you said, though, because, like, yeah, I could be wrong about all this. Yeah. However, I want to be open to the truth. You know, I, yes. can, I can say, okay, somebody's, my ideas are wrong, and maybe this over here is the truth. Yeah. You know? And, and well, give me a better and, idea. Give me a better idea. what's okay for you is also true. Yeah. Yeah. Well, see, and you said it because they're different truths. Yeah. Like, like the hardest thing, I was talking to someone in a pastoral care session and what they were telling me, uh, there was, they wanted to talk about something in their family and I won't get into all that, but they were both right. They yeah. were both right. They both have it. And that's harder to, to navigate. It's easier if someone's wrong or uh -huh. you stole that or you did that or you cheated on me or whatever. But they both they were both right. They they both had the truth. <laughs> well, at least with a small yeah. team, I guess. And so you have to be open to that. And also, but you don't have to acquiesce. You can just say, look, I don't believe that. Mm -hmm. And this is this is what my experience has brought me. I when you know, in religious folk talk a lot about faith, you see, and I get that. But I don't need faith. Because I have experience. Yeah, yeah. Okay? Right. I don't have to say I have faith in uh uh the universe. Because I I've experienced the abundance of the universe. I've experienced what it means to sit down and meditate or pray and connect with that. Mm -hmm. So I don't have to. Now, that doesn't mean that bad things won't happen to me or uh, someone I love won't die or it doesn't mean that. Right. It just means that I know that this is part of the journey of life. I'm not being punished. I'm not a bad person. I'm not born in sin. Okay, I, I I may not be as evolved as I need to be, but 
I, I, I have my experience now. Yeah. And, and that's, and I don't have to have faith. I know that there's something greater than me. Yeah. I know that love is, is, if not the most, one of the most powerful tools one can have. I know that, um, uh, that there's life after life. I know. So I don't have to have faith in that. That's but beautiful. that scares people. But that scares people who, who, because they're saying, well, that's not fitting in my box. Yeah. You see. Yeah. But, but it I is, mean, but it's so beautiful to have that knowing. Um, you know, I had sort of like a, a, a near death experience when, and I was out for about a half hour. And um, and I know That's I left my I, I, and I know I left my body and I was yeah. like in this just this absolutely most peaceful beautiful void it was unbelievable it changed yeah. me That's why I started this podcast you know because <laughs> I was just like so changed by it. I was like wow you know like, like no matter what happens there's this great expanse of, of just I don't know what I can't even put words to it. You know, I'm not, a, I, as a human being, I'm so limited to even do that. You know, that's the beauty of it. See, and um, um, what 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 bad religion can do, and not all religion is bad. So whoever's listening, mm-hmm. is it takes all the mystery of life, because there's some things you don't know, and some things you're not supposed to know. And it reduces it to if you do A B C D E F will happen. No, and and what and what what Western religion does is you can't live with mystery. I mean, you you live out west, right? I live in Alabama, but actually, I'm moving back to New Jersey soon. Okay, well, okay. So I'm thinking about the native tribes. Like, like let's look at the Lakota, mm-hmm. and they call uh, God. The great spirit. Yes. Wonka Tonkin. The great mystery. Mystery means I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. I know there's something out there greater than me and meets my needs and all that, but I don't know. See, in religion, you can't say I don't know. You got to have an answer for everything. Yes. And that's what takes away the credibility. Because if you know everything, then you're playing God. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, I was ordained in a uh, Vietnamese uh, type of Zen called San. And that particular teacher, his main teaching was something called don't know mind. Trying to keep that mind like, don't know, don't know, don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Plato says it, right? Plato says that I'm wise because I know I don't know everything. (laughs) Yeah. The fool knows everything. Yeah, that's right. That's right. When you but somebody thinks they know everything, you just say, "Oh my, wow, <laughs> wow, wow." That's all you can say. Wow. And and so and 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 see and this is whether you see we we can take this we can take UFOs off the table. Mm-hmm. These are just the. I don't know why I moved that wrong, but you got my book. I just moved it off of there. Um, <laughs> You know, this has nothing to do with UFOs. This has something to do with your own spiritual evolution. Yes. Okay. And this is something that I would have to deal with whether I 
had seen extraterrestrials or not. I've been married twice, so I've been divorced twice, thinking about doing it a third time. My brother was murdered back in 1995 in a robbery. Um, uh, you know, I'm just, you know, Things happen in life. And because I have my belief system, it doesn't mean that I'm going to, none of these things are going to touch me. What it does mean, though, is that I know that I'm not alone and that I, I will be able to navigate them for the most part. You know, when, when, when you hear books about why bad things happen to good people, which I haven't read, but from the Buddhist perspective, A, you don't want to label it good and bad, it just is. Mm -hmm. You know, no one's punishing you. And nobody's totally good. Right. You know? So even that, even the title, why do bad things happen to good people? Who do you know that's totally good? Who do you know that's totally bad? Things uh -huh. happen <laughs> when you come to this life and you have a body. You will die. You will have to go to the bathroom. You will need money to survive. You will fall in love. You will get your heart broken. Maybe you're lucky and you won't. You may break some. This is just life. Absolutely. And nobody escapes it. <laughs> you know, some people, maybe because of karma or what have you, maybe they have more money this lifetime than they didn't have. Maybe they're a certain race this lifetime. Maybe another lifetime they were a different race and they carried on. So they come back. There's, you, even if you don't believe that, you don't know. But you can't know everything, but you have to know that this is life, that what goes around does come around. And you're here to learn, to love, and to grow. And the only way you can do that is to go through these experiences. Man, you just said everything that I really needed to hear today. <laughs> brother, I, I, you know, it's terrible sometimes. But, yeah, when my brother got shot and, you know, and I didn't want to get divorced twice. I thought I was going to be with these women forever. But, you know, and, and we had our, our differences. But I, I'm, I'm a better person for it. And, I, and you, you, you know, you just got to look life in the eye. Yeah. And you got you to gotta wrestle with it. And you, wow. you got to look at yourself. That, you got to say, awesome. hey, man, what am I doing? That's awesome. Because it's funny because, I mean, I'm just, two weeks ago, my wife asked me for a divorce. And this is yeah. my second divorce. And, yeah, I've and, done it twice. And, 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 and I'm bouncing in and out, you know, of that taking responsibility and, and doing what I have to do and accepting it and playing that, 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 that victim, which is completely unproductive. You know, yes. So, so yes. even though I, I know these things in my head, inside there's still that that tug of war type of turmoil. Oh yeah, yeah. But that's real. You got to do that. No one's going to be like Spock, the Vulcan. Does have to be logical, <laughs> practical. You know, no. That's what makes you human. Yeah. It hurts. It hurts because I think about what could have been. Mm-hmm. And you can blame and you can blame, but after a while, and it may take time, but you go, you know, they could have done better. I could have done better, but it just didn't work. If, if I can salvage anything, maybe later on we'll be friends. Maybe not. Yeah. But you got to, you know, there's growth. And, you know, I, like I said, I just, I've been married twice. I'm one, one of those marriages produced a child. 
have a 15 year old. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm friends with my ex. Uh, and then my first ex, very close with, I speak to her several times a week. And uh, we, we were always friends. My ex uh, with the child, we're very good. We're good friends. I mean, most of our talk is about our daughter. We have our separate lives. I dated and I'm with someone now and that kind of thing. Life goes on, but you got to go through that pain. And I, all I can say to you, brother, is I'm with you. Mm-hmm. And just make sure you take care of yourself. When you feel like eating, you eat. When you feel like crying, you cry. When you feel, you just like the Buddhist, you just go from this moment to the next moment to the next moment. Because yeah. it's just, it is pain. It's heartbreak, yeah. especially if it's something you didn't want. Yeah. I mean, the, the hardest part like, like is, is staying out of that victim role and, and, and staying more just like, okay, this is just part of my journey. This is it. Well, well like Gandhi said, you you can be vic- you can be victimized. Yeah. Okay. And 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 so you know there may have been some times when you were blindsided or whatever. And so yeah, you you don't want to say you don't want to feel your heart and then go right to your head. Hey, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. You go through it. Right. Maybe you felt like a victim. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah, it's okay, I guess. But yeah. I got like you also said something that's really, really was important to me is that the most important thing for us to remember is love. To love. If we, if we don't love each other and care about each other and do those things, you know, I mean, I just think that like that's where it's at. That's where we find God. Yeah, that you got to stay on the love train. I know it's hard. Well, you know. Um, and and I know there's many definitions of love, you know, and in in the English language, right. you know, we don't have what we have right, arrows. Yeah. That's yeah, I'm thinking like unconditional, well, just open well, heart. Yeah, well, like uh, um, M. Scott Peck said, I like his definition. There are many. He says love for him is when I extend myself mm-hmm. for the growth of another human being. That's a good definition. Yeah, yeah, it's, you know, there are the good ones. Because the thing is, if I love someone, and for whatever reason, we're talking about intimate, erotic love, partnership love, spousal love, mm-hmm. and they don't want to be with me, yes, it's painful. Yeah. But if I love you, and I may, I may not get to that to two, three years down the line, I want you to be happy whether you're with me or not. Yes. And if you can't be happy with me, now, it took me some years to do that. But, A, you don't want to be with someone who doesn't want to be with you. That's true. In the long run. But you got to feel the pain of that. But secondly, I want you to be happy. And if you're not going to be happy here, then you need to be somewhere or at least look for that. But it may take time to get there. Because right now, you're in your pain. Mm Mm-hmm. So anyway, we can talk more later when this is off. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. just funny because it was just like you were reading my mind. <laughs> it's, 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 but this is life. You know, people die. People get shot. People break up. But there's also great joy. Yes. You yeah. know, there's also relationships that break up. But it was okay because we both went our ways and life opened up. Or, you know, life is life. Mm-hmm. People say, well, you know, what's the purpose of life? To live it. That's it. <laughs> the purpose of life is to live it. Yes, you, it's about love and learning to love and all that. 
But you can't do that unless you're living it. Yeah, we have to have these experiences. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah without the experiences, then there's no meaning. You well, know, yeah, you, you know, you're a householder this lifetime, right? Mm -hmm. You were a householder. Maybe three, three centuries ago, you were a monk. So you didn't have to deal with all this mess because <laughs> your meals were taken care of. You lived on a monastery or you lived on a mountain. But that's one experience. Now you got to come to another experience. <laughs> that's another funny one. Like, 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 that's my, uh, if I lose everything, my final plan is to become a monk. <laughs> there you go. You know what? And you've probably been one before. Probably, so yeah. So there you go. Because I've always been a natural at meditating. Everybody else hates it, but I've always loved it. <laughs> I love it, and I like being alone. Now, I don't mean, you know, like like if I move in with my partner, you know, hopefully the, the space is big enough where she can have her space and I have mine. But that's what keeps us, too. We respect our alone time mm -hmm. to recharge, to be, you know. Uh, and so I enjoy that. I enjoy my time alone. I need it. Yeah. Awesome. Um, wow. That was just such a profound stuff that you just said to me. It really just touched my heart in such a way that uh, someone's hard for me to just cough up another question. <laughs> brother, yeah, well, we're talking about life, brother, and E.T. is a part of life. Uh, it is. Uh, it is. Uh, you know, uh, ghosts are part of life, paranormal, you know, metaphysics. This is part of life. Right. And um, you only can go there when you're ready to go there. But if I felt for you when you said that, you know, about your, your, your personal situation. And I can tell you there's life after it, yeah. but you got to take some time to heal. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know, I took me a year. It took me about two years mm -hmm. before I was ready to move on. But I got to know myself more and I got to heal. Right. And that is like one of the big benefits to it, too, is every time I go through these situations, I learn more about myself. And, and, I, and, and typically, I I surprise myself more than I disappoint myself. Yes. Yes. And you will again, because in a few years, two years from now, you go, look how far I come. Yeah. I went through that pain. I went through that heartache. And I'm on the other side. And then you can play it forward because you're going to meet someone who's going to say, you know what, man, let me tell you what's going on. And you can have the empathy to say, I've been there, brother I, or sister. I can, if you need me, I'll listen. Yep. I'll listen. Yep. And also there's an opportunity, you know. Uh, I'll have freedom to do more investigation into paranormal, into UFOs, into Bigfoot, and, and all these things that, you know, maybe some people think I'm a little crazy, but, but these things, these mysteries, these things that I don't know, they're the things that crack me open and, and, and make me want to seek. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, and that's, that's the beauty of it. As long as you remember that seeking is about finding something, you know, you want to find something. You just don't want to be seeking the whole time because you want to say, I got something. Yeah. I got it. I got the pearl of great price. You know, I got this pearl and it was worth it. My life, took my life, but I found something that was worth Yeah, because some people just want to search, just to search, but they don't really get any. Mm -hmm. You know? And, and and because sometimes searching can be painful, because the search is always out there, but the search is also in here. 
I remember I was drunk in a bar and um, several years ago in, in uh, uh, Albuquerque, and I was talking to this Apache brother, and we were talking and talking about. He was talking about his land being taken, and I was talking about slavery, and I got some native blood in me. So we were just, and then he said something to me. He said, but you know what, Michael? The longest journey you'll ever take is from here to here. And he pointed to his heart. Yeah. And that's the inward journey. And that's the longest journey you ever take. You can fly to China and look at the Great Wall. You can go to see the, the wall in Jerusalem. You can go all around the world, which is fine. See the pyramids and all that. That's all great. But the longest journey is the inward journey. It sure is. Absolutely. Wow. Um, so so when you back to your book about with the um, helping the experiencers. Ah, yes. The new book. Initiation. Yes, yes. Yeah. So like. You're you're a very wise spiritual person, um, like like how do you help people that have been traumatized um, by having an ET experience? Well, I think the first thing you do, whether you've written a book about it or not, yeah. is to listen, because people want to feel heard. They want to be, and I'm talking about me or anybody else. I want to be taken seriously, and I want uh, to be significant. That's number one. Yes. Because how many times have you maybe talked to someone and or they've spoken to you, hey, you know, Gary, I need to talk to you about something, man. And you may say, okay, Michael. And I may go on for about a half hour. And then at the end of it, I go, boy. I feel great, man. I'm glad I got that off my chest. You ain't said a word. <laughs> okay? Maybe because I talk too much and you couldn't get a word in. But listening is healing, and it takes hard work to really listen, to listen to what's being said and what's not being said, looking at the body language, you know, and, and listening with your whole being. For me, being an experiencer, whether I had uh, the anal probes and the sperm taken and all that or not, I know what you, to a degree, what that initial uh, experience was like. So that's healing. Right. And what I did was in the book, part of the book, I talk about how hard it can be sometimes if you have a partner or you're married or whatever, and one of y'all is having the experiences, but the other one isn't. There's a high divorce rate of experiences, especially when one person is having the experience and the other one isn't, because they're trying to grasp with this new reality, as are you. You see? Mm -hmm. And they have to, you know, you know, it's like when someone gets sick, we always ask about the sick person, but we never ask about the person who's, you know, yeah, is doing the caretaking or the caregiving, mm -hmm. you know. And so I and then I wrote some indicators. Um, when did you, most people had an interest in UFOs or an idea that they existed, 
they had a deep interest in metaphysics and the occult and the science uh, sciences. Um, they had a deep feeling of we're going to destroy our world. We need to do something about it. Now, I'm not saying that everybody has these as an experiencer. Yeah. I'm saying that every experiencer has these. These are the beliefs. Um, the the, the, the society is changing. Uh, people want equality and justice. People say, I'm not just a citizen of America. I'm a galactic citizen. Yes. My, my loyalties lie. Uh, you, you, you don't believe in violence. or You may want to change your diet. I don't want to eat uh, animals. Doesn't make uh, people do a bad people, but I that's something I need to do. You may feel most people feel like the earth's not my true home. I come from someplace else. My spirit does. Uh, you have visions of a united world. I'm not talking about the Galactic Federation. Would be nice, and but they also have a feeling that there's more to life than what I've been told. Yes. When you talk to people. Now, they're physical indicators. Uh, dreams or nightmares of strange beings. Uh, precognitive dreams. Uh, or dreams that contain information. Dreams of meeting other people. Or you're levitating. Or you're flying. Uh, you may start having uh, dreams of healing. Or you're healing somebody. Or you're, you're a teacher. Or you're being taught. Uh, your psychic stuff starts to awaken. Uh, sometimes you have anxiety. You're just terrorized. Maybe you're afraid of the dark or someone's watch, feeling watched all the time. There's strange marks on you, bruises, cuts, burns. Uh, sometimes after you've had strange dreams, when you wake up in the morning. Um, some women have had unexplained uh, pregnancies or aborted pregnancies. Your, your, your hair and your skin grows faster. You need less sleep. You have vast amounts of energy. Uh, you feel more intelligent, like I was saying to you. Mm -hmm. You have missing You have missing time. The spiritual indicators. You you were raised one way, but now you don't believe any of that. Anymore. Right. My religious beliefs, I don't believe any of that. I want to study all. I want to study other religions. I want to study ancient civilizations. Uh, 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 a desire that or belief that human beings can be more advanced, have a have a higher state of consciousness. We can be more evolved spiritually. I want to serve humanity. I want to be part of the uh, solution and not the problem. Really want to serve, want to make a, distance, uh, a difference. All these things experiences have in common. And they either had them before or they got more intense after their visits. Yes. Do you think, um, I'm sure you're familiar with, with a, lot of, a lot of my guests I've had on, you know, call themselves star seeds and talk about this process of extension. Do you think that is actually happening with a, um, I don't know, a percentage of the population? You know, I've always, one thing about, and I'm going to try and answer your question the best I can. One thing about this phenomenon is that it's so subjective. Yeah. You know, I have met people who have said fascinating things. Some of them kind of stretch my credibility, and I'm talking about people walking through walls and stuff like that. But I can't tell a person, nor would I. I don't know if that's really true. It doesn't resonate. 
I don't know about ascension. To me, and maybe it's because of my own blocks. To me, it's something like the rapture, you know, yes. but I don't know. So what I would say to that question is the only ascension, and maybe there, there, well, maybe there are spiritual people way beyond me, and maybe they know what that means. I know that there's an evolution of consciousness and that it's all over the planet. We're talking about things now that we couldn't even talk about 50, 60 years ago. And by that, I mean, we're talking about obviously space travel, people going to Mars. We're talking about maybe capitalism isn't the best form of government. People all over the world are saying we want to be free. We want, we want more equity. We want more justice. This is global. It's not just here. There's yeah. a lot of upheaval and it's getting people nervous, but there's a new world being born. So I don't know what that means about ascension. Uh, do I think the vibratory rate of the planet, the frequency of the mm -hmm. planet is rising? Yes, I do. I'm not going to see it on CNN or Fox, whatever it's NBC, <laughs> because no, but I believe something is happening. Um, but I don't know what, when people say I'm going to, we're going to the fifth dimension. Yeah. I don't really know what that means. I know it means a higher vibratory rate, but after you vibratory a certain way, you're going to disappear. It's true. So I just figure it's above my pay grade. I'm still in my 3D body. Mm -hmm. I try to raise my vibration. And that's just me. I, I'm not trying to knock it, right. but I don't really know what it means. And, you know, I got to get up and go to church tomorrow. I got to go to work tomorrow. Mm -hmm. I don't know. What does that mean? I'm gonna, am I going to disappear? Am I going to ascend? I don't know. So I kind of, that's, that's my life. Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. Um, but you, you mentioned like the, the earth vibration changing. Um, do you believe that the earth itself has its own consciousness? No question. The earth is a living thing. Um, and I think that our ancient ancestors knew this, but we didn't know it. Because if we didn't know it, we wouldn't rape and pillage and test nuclear bombs underneath it and, and underground and all that stuff. And the aboriginal peoples knew this, that everything has a consciousness, even the stones the rocks on the ground, yes. um, and that we're all interconnected. And so, yes. And just to remind people, um, you know, I'm paraphrasing Canal Reeves and the remake of, uh, of The Day the Earth Stood Still, the Earth doesn't need us to survive. Yes. We that need the true. Earth. Yeah. Yes. Earth, doesn't, Earth doesn't need us. Earth doesn't need us. Right. That's also one of the common things with um, alien experiencers is that the, the message they say they receive is one that we have to, that we, or no, have to, but we, we, they seem to be suggesting that we take better care of the earth. Yes. Yes. And, 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 and the, the reason that because of that is that one of the reasons is that we get it now that what I do to you, I do to myself. Okay, uh, nothing new, no, no, no sexy message. Every religion says that in one way or the other. But when you believe in separation, when you believe that, 
okay, that person's hair is tighter, that person's lips are thicker, this person sleeps with someone in the same state. You know, you're a blue person, blue state, you're in the red state, you're Republican. When you start believing in that kind of stuff, you believe in separation. And when you believe in separation, how can you believe in unity? How can you see interconnectedness? You can't. You just simply can't. Wow. So do you think, um, like one of the things I would usually ask people is um, that why would the aliens even care what we do to this planet? Well, again, I think because they get the interconnectedness. Yes. And, you know, um, I guess there's data that that shows that visitations um, increased on our planet right after we split the atom over mm-hmm. civilian cities. We'll talk about war crimes. Um, Hiroshima and Nagasaki. So it's like if my neighbor down the street has a gun and is very threatening, I need to go down there and check out because what's going to happen is that stuff's affecting me. It affects me. When you split the atom, it's not just what you do to your planet. That reverberates out into the cosmos. Yeah. And so we we're like a a bad neighbor. <laughs> do, do you think like when we start splitting atoms and setting off bombs that it creates a ripple effect that might yes. move well, they through, told us, moves uh, through uh, dimensions and just well, messes they, yes. up other people's stuff? Well, not only do I believe it, but there there's some literature where they we've been told this by visitors. That's why they have said you know, that's why all the warnings have been about nuclear weapons and climate, what we do to the earth. Those have been all the warnings. There's a reason that these beings hover over the missile silos and flip the switch. That Now, granted, we're saying they're a national security threat, but I think even Ray Charles could see maybe they're telling <laughs> us we shouldn't have these things. Maybe Stevie Wonder can see it too. I mean, I mean, come on, I can see it. I mean, I mean, you know, a first grader could see it. We're shutting them off because mm-hmm. you're dangerous and you don't know what to do with this. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> well, what so we true. say is they're a national security threat. We need, we need, we we may have to shoot these people. Yeah, yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, th- there is definitely. An absurdity to, oh. to human logic. Oh, <laughs> or lack of. Oh my God! Oh my God! For what passes as wisdom, it's like jumbo shrimp. What's <laughs> this thing is jumbo shrimp? Peacekeeping missiles. Missiles don't keep peace. Missiles are weapons of war. They may delay it, but missiles are. But 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 we use it so much that we don't think this is absurd. What did I just say? You know, I, I like sports. I like watching sports. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a pitcher, you know, watches baseball. He throws the pitch. Well, he pulled the trigger on that one. But he just threw a pitch. But the, the, the language of war is so in our vocabulary. You see a, a, a quarterback throws the pass. Well, boy, yeah, yeah, he's going to have to pull the trigger on that one next time. Uh, uh, you know, we're at war all the time, man. We're at war against the virus. We're at war on drugs. We're always at war. We love it. We're at war. 
We're socks. <laughs> it's the language. It's yeah. yeah it's just, it's, we got to pull the trigger on. Are you gonna pull the trigger on that? Yeah. Wow. It's 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 insane. Well, yeah, you can't, and that's why you have to meditate, and that's why you got to have fun, and you got to make love, and you got to have, you know, if you like to drink every night, you, whatever you do, because if you start thinking about this too long, you'll go crazy because you're trapped here. Nobody gets out alive. No. <laughs> okay. Well, well I kind of got out. I got out once for a little while. <laughs> Yeah, and you probably didn't want to come back so quickly. I didn't and want so, to come back. I was mad right. that I came back. But you had to come back. You had to finish the gig. And so, um, you know, if you start thinking about it, I mean, I have to turn it off sometimes. But when I think about it and even, you know, the questions they ask or the questions they don't ask on TV and, you know, I'm, you know everybody's got, you know, I, I can watch something and we're going to have somebody explain it to you. Our experts from here. I don't I can see what happens. Everybody's an expert. I can see what happened. And, and, you know, we're just feeding you all this stuff. And uh, I had to turn it off. I remember last week I was I was just doing an experiment. And it was really, it was just fear, 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 fear. I was switching channels today. I was watching some. And, you know, this woman is talking about what's going on at the airport in Afghanistan, which is tragic. But we do this all the time without military adventures yes. and in Kabul and then you know and 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 there was a firefight and 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 you know and and our allies are here that are, and now you know ISIS now ISIS may get into it wow that's a lot of fear fear this fear that a virus is going to get you delta is going to get you uh, uh 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 the flu season's coming up uh uh you know all this stuff and then there's a war here and and then it may get you there in the January 6th. And, uh, and I'm not saying these things aren't important. But like Einstein said, you can't solve a problem with the thinking that brought it about in the first place. Uh, right. You got to get out of the box. Yeah. And, and but, but, but if I get out of the box, then you can't control me. You want to keep me in the box. Because an educated populace is the last thing any government really wants. Yeah. Because then I can't control you. Yeah, I, I, I think their biggest fear is for us to realize we don't need them. Yeah, we can't have that. <laughs> and, and, you know, people, yeah. And so I don't know the answers, but I know sometimes the questions are just as important. But I know that I can't fill my mind with fear all the time. Right. So I just turn it off. Well, I don't listen to it for a while. I mean, I want to be informed, but I'm actually being misinformed, but, you know, I want to be able to have a conversation, but I can't let it get me uh, because I couldn't, I'd be paralyzed with fear. I couldn't go to work. Yeah. I couldn't reach out. I couldn't date. I couldn't do anything because I'd be so afraid. And people are afraid. And they want to keep us afraid. Yeah. Because if we're not afraid, then it makes it harder for us than to control us and tell us what to do and what not to do. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and do you think, this brings me to like the, an interesting thing. One of the, you know, the recent disclosure, like the whole government thing was supposed to be a disclosure, which really just turned out to, in my opinion, a bunch of doublespeak. Um, 
it's, the government doesn't want us to know about the extraterrestrials, that, that, that this whole phenomenon, things that people are experiencing, is real. You still with me? Hello? Uh-oh. Did I lose you? Can you hear me? All right, so we're back. So I was just asking you about the recent disclosure, which, I, which in my opinion was a lot of double speak. And one of the things I think is the government, one of the reasons the government wants to cover up the extraterrestrial phenomenon is because they don't want us to become aware of our true potential. I agree. If, if you're, if you are using the word potential in the sense of it, this is where I agree with Brother Stephen Greer. Mm -hmm. Not only our true potential, but, you know, these technologies, man, if folks can get wherever they get here, we don't need coal. We don't need we don't need those technologies. They can show us how to use those technologies, maybe to cure cancer or to we could just use this this energy, whether it's nuclear or what have you, in different ways. And that's going to take a lot of money out of people's pockets. Yes. Okay. If I have technology, and we know they have technology, I, they heal. They heal a blood clot. Some some you heal heal a blood clot from me. Okay. Let me tell you, that's going to take money out of people's pockets. So uh, for our potential, not only to grow spiritually, but our potential to envision a better world, to actually not only envision it, but to create one. There, there, there are people in high places that places that don't want that to happen because it's not profitable enough. Mm -hmm. If if I can teach you how to use free energy, I mean, come on, man, people are flipping out because they're talking about electric cars. Yeah. Now suppose we said we're not even going to talk about electric cars. You can use free energy. You won't even need. That's you can get seriously hurt if people believe that you were taking that seriously or that you could make it happen. Yeah. You know, you know, I mean, that's what people talk about, what happened with Tesla and, uh, and uh, Tesla, I'm sorry, Tesla, mm -hmm. you know, and all that, 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 you know, they, they know how to use this energy where you don't need gasoline. You don't need, I mean, these people are coming from different dimensions and from other planets. So if they taught that to us, well, you can use nuclear energy um, for a more peaceful means as opposed to using it as a threat for other if you can do that you're taking a lot of money out of people's pockets taking a lot of money and a lot of control yeah yeah like one of my things like I always thought one of the things you don't want us to do is recognize our I, th I, th I think all human beings have the ability of telepathy and if we're able to communicate with each other or look at each other's minds and see each other's auras, that makes it a lot harder to, to lie to each other. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, I agree with you. I mean, um, the thing is, though, what we have to do is realize that those gifts are not spirituality. Those are the tools that can come after. Yeah. Those are some of the gifts. But that those in and of itself doesn't make your spiritual being. True. And so, so you, you always got to keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I do think those things are a threat to the people that are trying to control us. Oh, no question they are. No question they are. 
I mean, I mean, you know, they talk about, you know, powers to be talk about, oh, come on, we don't believe in psychic stuff. What are you crazy? Blah, 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 blah. But yet they have psychics on their payroll. Yes. You have police departments that use psychics to help them solve crimes. Mm -hmm. uh, what's that book? Psychic spies. I forget mm -hmm. who wrote it uh, about the, uh, uh, you know, Russia and the United States using clairvoyance yes. to spy on other governments, yeah. to spy on extraterrestrials. So, yeah, I, I, I hear you. Yeah, I think that's a, an issue. Actually, I have some files from somebody who was a participant in uh, a remote government remote viewing program. And... Uh, Actually, after he sent them to me, now he seems to have gone missing, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah. You never know. Just like our, our session had disconnected. You just don't know what's well, happening. Well, listen, I had, let me tell you what happened to me several months ago. A friend of mine did the cover for this book. Um, and we've been in contact since 2017. And she's an artist, mm -hmm. but I asked her to do the cover for my book. And she said, yeah. And all of a sudden, Gary, and I mean this, I could not send her emails. I mean, I could not contact her through Facebook Messenger. All of a sudden, my emails wouldn't get to her. You know, my Messenger stuff. It was very, even to this day it doesn't. But mm -hmm. it was like, I don't know, but it happened when I was on the phone talking to another friend before I called her. Um, just about COVID and some things that maybe we were, I don't think we were being told the truth about. And it's, you know, and we went on for about 20, 30 minutes. And after I hung up, I tried to contact my friend. She lives in uh, Australia. Mm -hmm. My emails wouldn't come through, wouldn't go through. Yeah. Yeah. And I talked to a friend of mine who was in the military, and she said, that is very strange. She said, if her emails weren't going through, or if it was happening with everybody on your list, I would say, that's a glitch. But your emails weren't going through to her, just mm -hmm. her? She said, that's, that's being monitored. <laughs> and, and even here now. Oh, it's yeah. not a storm outside. Now, I'm not paranoid. I'm, I'm just being open. Mm -hmm. But is this something we were talking about, people being empowered and people don't want you to have blah, blah, blah. And no sooner than that, that that's who. Now, I, it could have been a glitch. It happens to be too often thing. for it to be a glitch. <laughs> Has it happened to you before? Yeah, yeah. Actually, I, I, I after that guy had sent me those files, too, uh, one day I woke up and both my computers were dead. Yeah. <laughs> Just yeah. completely couldn't even turn them on. Two computers yeah. at the same time. So same did, you have to get, did you have to get new computers? Or what did I you did, have? yes. Yeah. Yeah. And luckily, I had everything backed up. <laughs> yeah. 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 You have to. But, yeah, it's just, come on. But that's the surveillance part that we're in. Mm -hmm. That's 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 where... Yeah. You know, you know, like you, I was looking at something the other day and next thing I know on my feed, the product I was looking for, they're having sales on it. How mm -hmm. do they know how to do that? Yeah. Yeah. They know everything that we're doing. 
Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that the government will ever disclose what they know about extraterrestrials? No. 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 Do you, do you think no. uh, movements like the like Steve Greer's C five is important for us to find out the truth? You know, I think there are different ways to get there. Um, and and you know, there's many different ways to get there, and people will try to do you know, certain things. And if that floats your boat to to get in a group and call them in, that's fine. I kind of like it that they come to me when they come mm -hmm. to me because I know it's kind of mutual. Yes. Um, well, in the sense of, you know, when they need to talk to me, they'll get to me. To sit in a group and call. I, again, I don't know what the intention is. Is it is Because it's not like a play thing. Right. You know, but, but again, and I'm not saying... They pick it up. They they do it that way. In some ways, it's like control. But it's it's what it's it's. I'm, I'm I, well. I'm going to make them come to me. I'm going to sit. And you know, I and maybe I'm being too harsh. But I, I have never had the urge to join a CE five group. Mm -hmm. Well, you don't need to. Exactly. What do you think? Do you think the extraterrestrials are choosy about who they reveal themselves to? And do you think that they have like a certain criteria that needs to be met before they will? Um, okay. I don't know. Uh, uh, I, I had a psychic tell me that I, at, they didn't put it this way, but I had known these people from another time, and so I, I had already given permission for this. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. not, not like a contract, but maybe like a contract. Um, um, I I don't know if some are choosy. I mean, because there's so many different races, and some people may be more intentional about who they pick. I think some of them may just say, we're doing an experiment, and let's just see. So I don't know if I can say all of them are intentional. Mm -hmm. But I think that the beings, I think that the, the, the experiencers who have visit, been visited more than once by the same people, I think that's intentional. You know, if I came once, okay. But if I keep coming back to this individual, yes, that's intentional. How about the implants? What do you think about, um, you know, like some people believe that the implants are, are tracking, which I, I don't I don't buy into that. Uh, I mean, I kind of think maybe the implants are more, um, more for healing than anything else. What do you think? I don't know if they're for healing. I think they could be with some folk. I mean, I think that... You know, because there's many ways. Maybe their technology is better now too. I mean, people have implants, mm -hmm. and 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 so sometimes people say when the implants were taken out, I don't have the visits anymore. But I think they they can find other ways to track you by your energy. Sure. You know, um, so I think they could be used for both. I think the implants are used to track, but I also think they could probably get your signature. But the thing is, most people don't know if they have an implant. So how do you know? I guess you don't unless you get lucky and 
find yeah, it in an x-ray know. or something. Yeah, you don't. Do you think that there, there, there's people that are contactees or experiencers that are not aware that they're experiencers? Yeah, that's why I wrote the book. And, and I think that that's one of the reasons I wrote the book. Um, yeah, because, you know, nobody's going to say, let's talk about this. Let's, let's, let's talk about this. Or what, you know, so I say that's why we need books, by people to write these books. So they can say, you know what, this is it. A lot of people may not know. And because you could be visited in dreams. You could be visited in missing time and not know it. Mm-hmm. I mean, when, when, I, when I had my first experience in 89, someone said to me, well, did you look at the clock? I didn't even know that was something you were supposed to do. I never had this experience. Right. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Then someone told me well, when I had a dream about them, and they said, okay, let's walk that back. In your dream, uh, you said they were in your living room. I said, yeah. And they said, well, is, was everything in your living room the way it is in wake time, real time? In other words, is the table right there in the kitchen and your trash cans over there? I said, yeah. They said, that's not a dream. Hmm. So, so some of it is it being able to identify whether you're an experiencer or, or not. Well, that's that's why I gave you, you know, and mm-hmm. when people buy the book, um, I give them indicators. That's good. That can point to, wow, I've had that, I've had that, I haven't had that, 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 and then you can look for yourself and go, huh, could be. Maybe I need to talk to someone. Maybe I need to go to a hypnotherapist. You know, that that's what it is. So someone can affirm, a, you're not crazy. B, I've had it before. And C, maybe you want to explore it. Some people may say, no, I don't, I don't need to know. I don't need, and that's fine too. Mm-hmm. But at least you have something you can refer to. It's a little handbook. It's, it's called a guidebook for the experience. Awesome. The whole title is Initiation, the Spiritual Transformation of the Experiencer, a Guidebook for Experiences. <laughs> Uh, I'm, de- I'm definitely going to get it tonight and read it. Yeah, it's 140 pages. Uh, I can um, read that tonight. Yeah, and and the thing is, is that hopefully they'll read the other books on spirituality and, and the Bible, your books in the Bible, on uh, healing, uh, healing and prayer. Uh, uh, hopefully, uh, they they they'll, it'll they can read other things. Yeah. Yes. You know what? I'm really glad. That you exist in this world, brother. I'm. 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 <laughs> first of all, I thank you for that, and the feeling is mutual. Thank you, thank you. This was a fantastic episode. I really love talking to you. Well, maybe we can do it again one day. Yeah. Are you still in New York? No, I'm in. I'm in North Carolina. North Carolina. Oh, so you moved south. Oh, I've been here for 15 years. Hmm. Interesting. Oh, yes. I'm ever in the neighborhood, I'll stop by and visit you. Yeah, give me a call. Yeah. Give me a call. Send well, me an email. Um, so before we wrap it up, do you have a website or any place for my listeners I do, to bro, find you? Uh, yes, I can be reached at Mike Reverend uh, MichaelJSCarter.com, or you can just put MichaelJSCarter.com. You don't have to put the Reverend. You can go to Amazon and just type in my name. Stuff will come up. Do the same thing with YouTube. Um 
uh, keep watching Ancient Aliens. I don't have air dates for the show yet that we did in uh, uh, July, but uh, they will pop up. And if I if I find out in the next couple of weeks, I'll just shoot you an email. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, just keep the love train. Keep stay on the love train. Keep your heart open. And when people pull the plug on your technology, just boot it back up. That's what I do. They haven't stopped me yet. That's what I did. Because <laughs> I said that was so strange. <laughs> it's no coincidence. Yeah, either. all of a sudden at that topic. <laughs> and like I said, there's no rain here. There's no it's a it's a it's a, a warm summer evening. Same here. And boom. <laughs> they love doing that to me. Yeah. Unbelievable, brother. It is. Well, thanks for being on. And just, yeah, listen, send me a link when this yes. when, you, when you do it. Yep, but this is what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna post links to your website and to your books into the notes of this episode so my listeners can go buy them after Thank they listen. You. And, um, yeah, and uh, when this is out, I will email you a link. So probably be probably towards the end of next week. Okay, brother. I'll be right here. All right. Well, hang on for one more moment. I just have to yep. play my outro. Okay.